Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Pod Show listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. Welcome, welcome down here, up there, all around the world to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Well... It's been what? It's been 48 hours, let's say, and America is still reeling from Monday's leaked Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade. It, it came out of nowhere. Because with inflation and the pandemic and rising fascism in Ukraine, this wasn't exactly an issue on the front burner right now. In fact, back in 2021, a Gallup poll asked what people thought the most important problem facing the U.S. was, and fewer than half of 1% answered abortion. By March of 2022, that number was zero. Clearly, after 50 turbulent years, Roe was finally no longer a five-alarm fire, but the conservative majority decided to follow their standard protocol, in case of no emergency, burn, baby, burn. Now, if people did not exactly consider this a pressing issue before, they sure do now, because last night, thousands of people showed up to protest in Washington, D.C., New York City, Austin, Texas, and Los Angeles, California. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Usually, you only get crowds like that when Delta announces they've begun (laughs) pre-boarding. I refuse to stay seated until you call my zone. Of course... After years of packing the Supreme Court with the expressed intention of overturning Roe v. Wade, Republicans in Congress took a victory lap. Jimmy, show their celebration. Oh, right. I forgot. They're cowards. Because they know it's really unpopular. So they didn't talk about the actual decision. Instead, Republicans focused on the unprecedented nature of the leak itself. Look. I can understand the argument that this leak is bad for the institution of the Supreme Court. But come on, did you think that waiting to release it this summer was going to make it a hot beach read? Your body, his choice? (laughs) The, The top Republican... The top Republican driving the outrage about the leak is Senate Minority Leader and lead singer of Hootie and the Blobfish. There you go. There you go. I thought it was Darius. No? Darius Rucker. Mitch McConnell. (laughs) Yesterday, a reporter gave McConnell the obvious credit for this decision, but he was strangely humble about it. You spent decades trying to remake the court, overturn Roe. You're probably single-handedly responsible for the 6-3 majority. So do you take personal credit for abortion rights likely to go away for millions of people in this country? Yeah, I think the story today is effort by someone on the inside to discredit the institution of the Senate. Come on! Your ingenious plot worked. Why don't we want to celebrate? That's like a Bond villain saying, yes, I did launch a space-based laser from my volcanic fortress, but giving me credit for incinerating London is just an effort to discredit my fluffy white cat. (laughs) 
Isn't that right, Snuggums? <laughs> now... <laughs> stay. <laughs> stay. Very obedient cat. Very obedient. <laughs> he mitched on. All of this puts the cart before the horse. You need, it seems to me, excuse the lecture, uh, to concentrate on what the news is today. Not a leaked draft, but the fact that the draft was leaked. What the, huh? <laughs> Mitch, is everything okay in the old squirrel cage? <laughs> You've been snacking on paint chips because you're ignoring the important part. You're like a husband getting a ransom note. Oh, my God! Look at all the letters they cut out of a magazine. They've... <laughs> they've ruined my collection of National Geographics. <laughs> Margaret, Margaret, come see this. Oh, Margaret's missing. <laughs> oh. She... You see... That's what the note says. You see... That's what the note says. You see... It says she's missing. And very expensive. McConnell is not alone here. There was also an outcry from South Carolina senator and newest member of Hootie and the Blobfish, <laughs> Lindsey Graham. Graham chimed in with this one. What happened to the court today was the saddest chapter in the history of the United States Supreme Court. The saddest chapter. So Senator Graham is cool with the Dred Scott decision that said black people are property. Plessy v. Ferguson that established Jim Crow segregation. And Buck v. Bell, which said it was okay to sterilize the mentally ill. I'm guessing to Lindsey Graham, the saddest part of a funeral is when they run out of lemon bars. <laughs> As usual, Fox News was committed to not reporting the news and instead reporting spin that the leaked draft is somehow a win for Democrats. This is a godsend for a lot of Democratic candidates. Democrats clearly using this um, for the midterms. They don't want to talk about inflation. They want to talk abortion. It's very curious to me that the Democrats weren't talking about it until today. Yeah. Typically, people wait until something happens to talk about it. <laughs> Nobody on the Titanic was complaining about icebergs when they left the harbor. <laughs> but... Then about halfway through, it was iceberg dead ahead this and never let go glug glug that. <laughs> One. I don't know. Yeah. One Republican took a break from attacking the leaker to vilify women instead. I'm talking about Florida Republican and subway rider cheering on the masturbator, Matt Gates. <laughs> In response to the nationwide protest this morning, Gates tweeted, how many of the women rallying against overturning Roe are overeducated, underloved millennials who sadly return from protest to a lonely microwave dinner with their cats and no bumble matches? Now, now, folks, if that statement sounds insane, remember, for Matt Gates, overeducated is any woman who's already graduated high school. <laughs> Meanwhile... Meanwhile? Not meanwhile. What else is going on? Oh, uh, over in pandemic land, COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations are rising again in the United States. How many comebacks does COVID get? It's the Mel Gibson of viruses. <laughs> cases? Cases are going up in Washington, Mississippi, Georgia, Maine, Hawaii, South Dakota, Nevada, and Montana. Come on! How does it possibly spread from person to person in Montana? Every person is 20 miles apart. 
To give someone COVID, you have to lick a prairie dog and throw it through a window of a homestead. <laughs> I believe, I believe they still homestead there, right? Montana still has cabins. <laughs> the rise in cases can be blamed on newer, fitter descendants of the Omicron variant. Come on, Omicron, we broke up with you. <laughs> now you're getting fitter? I hope you don't have abs, or in a moment of weakness, we might hook up again. <laughs> One major subvariant making the rounds is a spin-off of Omicron's BA.2 subvariant called BA2.12.1. <laughs> Evidently, the WHO ran out of Greek letters, so now they're just using the password that comes with your router. <laughs> Mr. Johnson, please have a seat. Uh, we, we ran your tests. We ran your test, Mr. Johnson, and unfortunately, you're positive for lowercase b, ampersand 5, 6, capital Z, as in Zavid, 929 underscore Netgear, and then a capital O or a zero. There's no way of knowing. <laughs> but things. <laughs> One place where COVID is taking off again is our nation's capital. Bunch of fancy folks tested positive after attending the White House Correspondents' Dinner, including ABC News Chief Washington Correspondent Jonathan Carl, which is particularly worrisome because at the dinner, Carl shook hands with President Biden, a story that Politico reported as, Jonathan Carl tests positive for COVID after sitting next to Kim Kardashian. <laughs> well, of course that's their lead. You want the president to be healthy, but come on, we've had 45 of those guys. There's only one founder of Skim Shapewear. <laughs> I'm wearing one right now. It's so smoothing. <laughs> Even worse, the dinner was Saturday, and on Monday, Kim went to the Met Gala, which, I don't think I need to remind you, was attended by all of the Kardashians for the first time ever. Thanks a lot, Jonathan Carl. <laughs> you may have just knocked out our entire national Kardashian reserve. <laughs> Who will we keep up with now? The Hiltons? Do they even make a lip kit? <laughs> and we just found out that after attending the dinner, Secretary of State Antony Blinken tested positive for COVID. Now, maybe I'm out of my skis here, but I'm starting to think they shouldn't have served dinner Lady in the Tramp style. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Up next, Cheryl Crow. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Late Show Pod Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. Hey, everybody. Where were you? Welcome back. My guest tonight... My next guest is a nine-time Grammy Award-winning singer and songwriter who has sold more than 50 million albums worldwide. She's now the subject of a documentary on Showtime called Cheryl. We would drink a bunch, and we'd go to the bookstore down the road, 
and we bought a poetry book by this man named Wynn Cooper. And there was a poem in it, first thing called Fun. It started off with, all I want to do is have a little fun before I die. And so we had this groove going. It was somewhere between Steeler's Wheel and a Marvin Gaye track. And I picked up the poetry book and started just kind of free form. All I want to do is have a little fun before I die. There's a man next to me out of nowhere. And I just kind of acted out the poem. And then we put this hook in, all I want to do. And that became the song. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Cheryl Crow. So nice to see you again. Good to see you. There's so it's much so to long. talk about. So much to talk about. Um, uh, first of all, thanks for being here last night. You played with Lucius. That was wonderful to so see you awesome. out there. Now, uh, let's get straight into this documentary. Cheryl, yeah. how, do you, how do you feel about a documentary being made about you? Because so much has already been written and said about Cheryl Crow. What... Do you, are you, are you resistant to it? I'm, I'm going to watch it, but are you, as the subject of it, ever resistant, um, resistant oh, to that? When they first came to me, Showtime and my manager, and said, we think you should do a documentary, I was like, yes, I think we should after I'm dead. I think it'd be a fantastic idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I did finally give in to it, because um, I don't think people realize that in, um, I mean, I'm... I've got my ARP card. I don't know if you know that. Oh, really? Um, Congratulations. Yeah. So, um, you can get discount movie tickets with that. I could actually go see my own documentary for cheaper. Wow. However, it's not in movie theaters. But, I, you know, I do have a, uh, about 40 years of music life, but there's a ton of living mm -hmm. that goes into making an artist want to stick their neck out or sure. raise their voice into the fray. And so I, I told all the stories. Well, let me ask you something that may not be a story in there. Mm -hmm. Let's ask a very basic story, kind of like an origin story. Okay. Why do you think you wanted to be a performing musician? Because I take that aside from like a composer or something. Why, why, do, why do you want to be out there with a guitar in your hand making people... I want to people... be rich and famous. No, I'm kidding. No, I understand. No, no, That's no. such an that easy way. Not... Such an easy way to get rich is what I hear. I'm getting ready to get a butt implant. No. Um... That's coin, baby. That's coin. Yeah. Um... I grew up uh, in a real musical household. My parents um, still Missouri. married, 66 years, oh, wow. in a tiny town called Kennett, like four stoplights, not close to anything. Mm -hmm. And albums were my way out. That was my ticket out. I'd lay under the piano and I would just study and pour over, you know, James Taylor, all the all the liners, Fleetwood Mac, Carol King. Now you've um, got to you've got to work with those people. Now, what's that like for you them. now to get to be able to work with people like? Uh, uh, Stevie Nicks and Bonnie Raitt and Mavis Staples, like those those heroes. It's, it's I'm still a fan, so I mean, even talking about it, I get embarrassed. But it's an, it's incredible, it really is. Now you must be that for a lot of people too. I'm sure you know you see that look in people's eyes when they get a chance to work with Cheryl Crow. Well, um, I, all I would say is that, like getting to play with Lucius last night mm -hmm. and getting to sing on their record, which Brandy produced, and getting to work with these young artists, man, that was. For me, that that's who I was. I was like, I couldn't wait 
to meet Stevie Nicks and then to get to know her and, and to know how generous she is and amazing. And Keith Richards and the Rolling Stones, all these people that were such a huge influence for me. I mean, even Smokey Robinson. I mean, people that I've gotten to stand next to, Burt Bacharach, wow. people that have mattered to me so much. Um, I, I can't even explain it. Well, do you, you have two boys, I do. Uh, Wyatt and Levi, yes. 11 and 14, I understand. Y'all better be in bed. It's a school night. Now, do they, do they like, my mom, Cheryl Crow, do they listen to your music? Like, are they like, all I want to do is have some fun or soak up the sun seriously? or Steve McQueen or... Seriously? These are really good songs. No, Every day is a winding like road. Come kid, on. They're like into Kid Leroy and... Uh, who, I'm sorry, I don't even know who that is. Um, but <laughs> they're into, like, pop, popular music. Sure. And I'm like the police. Yeah, I'm the person that says... Not the police, not the band the police. Not the band You're like police. the cops. No, I'm the okay. cop. Yeah, I'm like the person that says, I, that is not a nice song. Do you know what, that, what they're talking about? <laughs> I am, yeah. There's no, no lyrics in any of your songs that you would pull yourself over for? Well, they don't listen to me. So, I mean, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> they're like, Mom, you know you were born in the 1870s. Do you have like, a favorite yeah. song of Sheryl Crow's? Um, I do, actually. And uh, I'm not just pumping this... Um, this new album's coming out, but I wrote a song called Forever. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it may be out now or it's coming out on May 6th. I don't know. They don't tell me anything. But um, my they kids are... They don't tell you when your album is released? <laughs> I think it's coming out May 6th. But my kids are in the video. But it's about, it was written for my kids and That's written nice. for my 15-year-old talking about stress and how kids are so stressed out now. What's it like when you hear another artist cover your song? Like, didn't Prince cover Every Day is a Winding Road? He did. What was that like for you? Did you... Go, did you go to Paisley Park I and do that with Paisley him? I went to Paisley Park. I shot baskets with him. Wow. He was a great basketball player. And yes. in high heels. Wow. Him um, or you? You wouldn't him. him. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. I only put these on for, uh, for your show, so. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, no, I got to hang out with him. He asked me to play harmonica on a track. And then um, we went to First Avenue mm -hmm. and sat in with the band. And he did Every Day is a Winding Road. Mm. And, I mean, that is... I'm sorry. I just was like falling over the floor. It, he's he's the most talented. I mean, I know you guys probably agree. Insane. Like from another planet, that kind of talent is is ordained. Well, before you were Cheryl Crow, mm -hmm. as you said, there's 40 years of living before you know it, things really took off for you. Um, or not 40 years of living, but there's 40 years I'm of career 80. there. 40 years of career. <laughs> that like, makes me 82. <laughs> no, but I was just talking with Glenn Close, who said she was a terrible waitress. Were you a waitress? I was a waitress. Were you yes. a good waitress? Um, I was a good waitress, and I had. A, I mean, I waitressed a lot. I waitressed in college, and I waitressed when I got to LA. Mm -hmm. I went on the road with Michael Jackson, and I came home, and I waitressed more. After you already toured with Michael Jackson? Yes. I, I, I tried to get a record deal and got turned down. I went back to waiting tables. Mm -hmm. and, but when I first got to L.A., um, the reason I got the Michael Jackson tour was I was waiting tables at a place called La Cafe, which was a jazz club, and I knew everybody that came in there because I studied all the albums, you know? Mm -hmm. And I gave my tape to this guy who I knew was a commercial producer, Mm. And no, 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 bad one. And um, I got fired. But he called. Even though you were a good waitress, you got fired for. I did. I got fired. And um, and then he called me a couple days later and asked me to come sing on a Toyota commercial. <laughs> so. And here we are. And here we are. A direct line <laughs> from getting fired.
getting fired to be right here. That's fantastic. Yes. It all worked out. It did. It worked out great. What was the, the okay, so every, uh, you know, All I Want to Do is Have Some Fun. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the name of the song? Is it All I Want to Do is Have Some Fun? All right? I Want to Do. All I Want to Do, okay. Mm -hmm. So that hits, and it becomes not like, oh, yeah, that's a good song. Sheryl Crow becomes huge. It's such an enormous hit, and everyone's like, who is this girl doing the song? What was that moment like? when that, that, that switch lands, where you work for so long to try to figure out how are you gonna break in, what is your sound, how do you connect with an audience or a commercial audience, and then it happens. Yeah. And, and there are very few people for whom it happens like a light switch like that. What was that moment like? Um, it was, I mean, it should have been euphoric, but at that time, um, there was so much debate about whether I had even uh, written my own songs and uh, it, you know, the, what do you mean? The, Why, the lore from? was that a bunch of guys wrote my first album, and so by the time that took off, um, you know, that was already swirling around. Um, but I will say one thing: when it really hit, um, the Grammys put me on the map because the Grammys back then, everybody watched it, and you sold, you sold records from that show, you know, and. Mm -hmm. It put you on the map, and it was a, a, a real moment. But it, it definitely was—it was a mixed bag. It was—it was hard. Well, my favorite Grammy memory of all time, and yes, I have Grammy memories, but is is the night before the Clive Davis yes. uh, party that's yeah. traditionally the night before. Yeah. Did you go to the Clive party? Did you go to the yeah. party? It's fun, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's really fun. It's it's time. Really Everybody's fun. there yeah. talking yeah. about people who blow up at the Grammys right over there. Yeah, it looks yeah. Good. But, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's my first time out there. My first time out there. I'm just nominated for like a comedy album. Still. And, and but Clive Davis gets up there with the big glasses and the head, and he goes, "We got a wonderful artist here tonight. Uh, she's amazing. All she wants to do is have some fun. Cheryl Crow is here tonight. She's amazing." And he does the whole room. Barbara Streisand, the greatest voice of a generation. Barbara, Barbara, please stand up. And people just kind of do this. Thank you very much. And I got to sit. Where am I going to sit? Am I going there with my 14-year-old daughter? I get to sit with Cheryl Crow. You and I, that's... It's in the documentary! Is that the first time no, we met? Is that the first, I think that's the first time we met, was, it was right the there. the first time we met, We're yes. sitting right there, and you yeah. were so nice to my 14-year-old daughter, yeah. and B John Bon Jovi was sitting on the side of you, and over here on the other side of my daughter was Richie Sambura. Oh, my gosh. Who, and you know, and we live in New Jersey, and she used to say my first prom date was Richie Sambura, because he was wearing a tux, and she was wearing a little blue dress. Oh, did you get a sweet. picture of the two of them? Yes, I, I do. Okay, it's good. very creepy. <laughs> Well, Cheryl, it's really lovely to see you. Thanks Thank for being you. here. It's Thanks for being here last you. night and tonight and anytime. My pleasure. Lovely. Lovely as always. Coming up, Stephen tells a story that we didn't air on TV. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... Amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time, Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. 
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Tell me about, just just give me one second here. I know we got to go. We don't want to go into overtime here. But just that when Clive was like, did you get a shout out? Oh, yeah. What's yes. that? Come on, come on. That room is crazy, isn't yeah, it? It's, it's, Everybody's in that yeah. room. Oh, yeah. Everybody's there. Clive mentions all of the folks. It's, Everybody nominated, yeah. Yes. Ooh, it's a vibe. What'd you, you get? What? How did he describe you? Do you remember? Ah, uh, what did he say? He said, uh, uh, one of the best or greatest musicians in the world. Something like that. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> Something like that. Clive Davis, man. So, Clive. so he undersold you. He undersold <laughs> he you. He like... Uh, my experience was, my experience was this. So I'm there with, again, with my daughter and John Bon Jovi and Ricky Sambora and Sheryl Crow, you know, my buddies. And I'm sitting there, <laughs> and I'm with these great musicians. Again, like, uh, 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 Taylor Swift was, it was 14 years ago or something. So Taylor Swift was quite young at the time, or 12 years ago. And Barbara Streisand's over here, and Bruce is, everybody's there, man. Yes. And, and Clive gets up there, and he's done the whole room. And I'm like, he's not going to do me. I mean, there's no way he's going to do me. And he goes, as a young man out here, it's his first time nominated for a Grammy. We expect very big things from this very talented young man. He's got a wonderful show. And I'm still thinking, it's not me. <laughs> so, but the lead up to this is that, you know, I don't know what you did, but a lot of people, you know, they go like, you know, and the wonderful, the, unbe the, un the, the uh, Celine Dion. Celine Dion here. She goes like this. She goes, thank you. Exactly. Much, like yeah, yeah, or they go yeah. like, John Bon Jovi is like, there's just like kind of like yeah, yeah, kind of a yeah, humble yeah, like definitely. thank thank you. Yeah. I'm sure you did like yes, did. thank yep. you, you know, thank, thank you. you. It's so wonderful yeah, like exactly. that. Yep. So everybody's doing that. Everybody's yep. doing I'm literally, I'm like maybe maybe the last, not quite the last person in the whole room who gets mentioned. He goes like, wonderful young man. It's his first nomination. We expect great things from him. He's got an amazing show. Uh, Stephen Colbert is here. And I went, Woo! Woo! I made, I made, and, I made everybody. Yes. I made, yes. I made Barbara Streisand high five me. Ah. Woo! Woo! Ah. That's, that's the right way. Because <laughs> I'm like, right you, you're all lying. Yes. I'm like, it's all true. of you are lying. It's true. Everyone is thinking, woo! Yes. They're all lying. Yes. And my daughter just went, oh. <laughs> But I'll say one thing. I'll love Taylor Swift to the day I die, and I would put on armor and follow her into battle because... So Taylor Swift's across the room, and she's first, like, four, 14 years ago. Yeah. Or, or 12 years ago. I mean, she's really just beginning to be a big deal. And she's quite young. And my 14-year-old daughter goes, Taylor Swift's over there. Dad, Taylor Swift is over there. And I said, well, you know, I actually just got a little letter from Taylor, and she sent me her album. Said that she, she and her family really enjoy the show. I think she might be coming on. And we're both nominees. You want to go say hi? It's perfectly normal. It's a little room here. And so she goes, mm-hmm. And so we get up, <laughs> and I walk over, and Taylor's talking to somebody, and as somebody walks away, I just say, Taylor, hi. Stephen Colbert, thanks so much for the album. I really appreciate it. You know, may I introduce my daughter? And Madeline's wearing this little, you know, sweet, young, teenage, 
blue, little blue dress. And Taylor, of course, looks like just a queen. And she turns around, she goes, pretty girl. And comes and puts her arms around and goes, oh my God, you look, oh, you look amazing. Oh, you look. And she just, just praises my daughter for like how she looks 30 seconds. I'm so glad you like the music and let me send you a... And I, I would jump off a cliff into a pit of spikes yes. for that woman for how nice she was to my daughter. And you gotta remember that. Yeah. You gotta remember that. Yeah, you're, that's real. That's real. I like that. <laughs> And she got to hug Justin Bieber. So Justin Bieber's there. And I know we gotta go, but we're... we're Justin Bieber's there, and my daughter, is, she's pretty, she's 5'9". You know, she's wearing heels. And uh, she was, you know, tall early, and we're on the red carpet. She goes, Justin Bieber's over there. She goes, we're at the Grammys the next night. Justin Bieber's over there. I said, do you want to meet Justin Bieber? And he goes, hmm. So... <laughs> It's really funny. Justin Bieber comes over. I said, hey, Justin. He goes, hey, man, what's up? He goes, like that. And then he goes, hey, Justin, can I introduce my daughter? Madeline. He goes, hi. And then when he goes to hug her, you realize he's not big. Yes, yes, yes. He hugs her around the waist. <laughs> She's like, he's like, here. She's like, hi. <laughs> took a little, oh, took yeah. a little of the little of sparkle out of her eyes to go, oh, I could dunk on you. Yeah. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.